0: the game under repair podcast michael here and joining me joining me today is sam and pat guys how are you going i'm good how are you guys
1: i'm doing good just happy to talk with you all about some golf today and uh as we get into the winter season
0: yeah it's been a minute since you done one of these so i'm excited to be back uh and we're we're back now with our new uh road to five series we're doing or race to five depending on how you want to how we, how we want to chronicle it, uh, but this is a new podcast series that we're we're going to be starting, and we're going to be following Pat and I's goal uh, to progress from our current state, which is about a 10 handicap uh, down to the five handicap, hence the, the five part, and so that's something that we, neither one of us has ever been before, somewhat of a challenge. Uh, we don't necessarily know if we can get there or not, but we hope we can, and we're going to, through this series, talk about kind of things that we're doing and Areas we're focusing on that's going to help us get there. To kick it off, I guess Pat, I guess why don't you just give us a little bit of background, um, or at least give us a little bit of your golf background. Yeah. So
2: growing up, um, didn't really play much golf. I kind of played maybe once, um uh, to maybe three times a year uh, with my dad, but really didn't have much time just because I played. I played baseball and basketball all the way up to the end of high school, and then a lot of travel ball and AAU, U Triple A stuff. So. Didn't really have that much time, but a lot of my friends picked up golf in college. Um, I didn't really play golf in college, maybe once or twice. I did take a golf class for fun as an elective class, so that was, we played a, like a part three course for a semester, so that was pretty fun. Out of college, didn't play until 2020. Um, I got invited to a golf trip with Mike, Sam, Nate, Audie, and Tyler, and... Did not play well, but it kind of it was easy to pick or easier to pick up because it was something that you could really go out and just play by yourself or um, play with friends, and you didn't take that much organizing. So I got into golf and kind of got my first spit at clubs later that year, and then here
0: we are. Probably been playing a little bit longer uh, than you have. I I started playing when I was like two or three years old. You know, I had the plastic clubs out. Playing a little par three courses while my parents were actually playing golf. So I've been out there for a while, um, but really started to get into it as I got a little bit later in high school. Um, I did play all throughout, you know, high school and middle school and stuff growing up, but really started to play pretty frequently in high, late high school, early college time frame. Left college, uh, playing you know golf maybe ten, twelve times a year, so about once a month, um, and then really started to pick up on there and started playing. More frequently, get into about two or three times a month, getting about twenty to twenty-five rounds in for a year. Did that for a couple of years out in Texas. Uh, then I moved down to Florida, uh, lived in the Orlando area for a while, um, and had access to some really nice courses down there. A lot of local, a lot of local courses that it's all kind of the same type of golf, that little resorty type golf. But they're you know pretty nice, and you get to go meet a lot of people because they're all coming down for vacation stuff. Um, and really picked up again. Playing even more golf, you know, kind of getting to about 30 rounds in the year, living down there. Um, that had a lot to do with weather. You know, living in Texas, you the, you do actually have the legitimate offseason where it is way too cold to golf. The courses are closed, but, you know, down in the Orlando area, you're pretty much golfing year-round with, with good good weather and nice temperatures. Uh, you know, summers can be a little tough, but was was used to it and was, was lo- looking forward to doing that. Moved back to South Carolina and now this year uh, will be my first I've just finished up my first full year back here in South Carolina and I'm on pace to play over fifty rounds of golf this year. So definitely playing the most golf I ever have. Now I'm kind of getting to the point where since I'm playing a lot, you will wanna start wanna start scoring well as, as well.
1: So I got a question. Why now? As like we we're starting this series, so like what has changed to where you you want to be more focused on specific things, or like why why is now the time to to go after these handicap scores? Where earlier or before now, it's kind of seemed like yeah, we love playing, and and the more we've played, the better we've gotten. But why now? Do you do you really want to focus on it?
0: Uh, so for me personally, when I was down in Orlando, um, I actually kind of got down to my lowest handicap, uh, which was around an eight handicap. But I, I felt like I was trending down. Like, you continuously getting better down there. Dropped my handicap from down, like, a 12 down to, like, an 8, you know, in that year that I lived there. Um, And then when I moved out or moved away, I slowly started to creep my handicap back up, my handicap back up, until I got to the 10 handicap where I am now. And so over the course of this year, uh, actually, it really started late 2021. Um, We had our winter little shootout with the guys. And I started developing out of nowhere this really bad shanking shot where i would hit it off you know the hosel of the club and seemed it seemed exacerbated by par threes but then over the course of this year it's just been getting progressively i guess more consistent uh that that's bound to happen it gets to the point where on par threes i i look forward to just hitting my second shot and just you know hoping that i don't lose the ball on the first shot um so it's gotten pretty dark on the with the irons um and then ultimately we had you know our latest trip that we just took where we were up in uh, North Carolina playing you know in the Tobacco Road Pinehurst area, and we were doing a little you know our our little golf game. You know I had a pretty good lead, uh, pro- felt pretty safe and sizable. Felt like no one could really catch me going into the final day with our scoring format, and then you know got got caught from behind by Pat. But realistically, you know all I really had to do was you know shoot ten twelve over. On that day, in order to to do it, and it was a pr- decently easy course, so it was definitely out there for me to go get, and I just kind of lost it. Um, and then leaving that trip, you know, it just kind of felt like I was in the dark, didn't really know where to go, and then kind of had felt like I had over the course of this year, since I've been playing a lot and practicing a lot without seeing any real improvement, I felt like really the only way to only way to go was to kind of turn to some professional help, which kind of sparked my decision to start doing lessons. And then also, you know, with the thought of, hey, if I'm going to put this much effort into, you know, practice and playing and lessons and all that stuff, I want to come up with a goal that is something that I can, you know, measure towards, something that I can use as kind of that beacon of how do I know if I'm getting there uh, with my game. Um, And hence, you know, this kind of challenge arose. And then just thinking about it, we thought, hey, this would be a pretty good thing to, you know, chronicle and talk about. It became a podcast. So... So, I guess my
2: personality wise, I hate being bad at something. So Mike, everyone's pretty much the same way here. but I think, for me, what separates me from everyone is they have kind of like that background. they have a foundation. Coming from baseball, I a lot of what I know and do, um or from kind of YouTube or like Mike's favorite youtuber, um Rick Shields, a lot of what I, Picked up and tips and stuff like that was from that. So I kind of wanted to get a baseline, a kind of right foundation instead of feel. There'd be times on the course where I just don't think something feels right um, or something goes bad and I try to fix it on the course. So it's just little things like that where I just want to kind of widen my knowledge on just the foundations of a good golf shot, a good setup, just stuff like that.
1: Yeah, both of those sound like good reasons, and, and I've seen both of them of Pat's thought process. I can see of, like, you've only been playing for, like, two years, so you've been going off a lot of feel, but when that feels is off on the course, you don't have anything to, like, fall back on to, like, reset mid-course, um, which is definitely, like, like something that would benefit your game. And the fact you've only been playing two years and you're down to 10 handicap is like crazy. You've been putting in work. And Mike's, I mean, I think Mike's super competitive and also has some of the same same things. I think both of you are looking for when the round's not going the way you want, how do you reset to make it not a bad round? Because when we're talking about 10 handicap to 5 handicap, I mean, it's still basically... You're trying to par every hole, so you're not necessarily going for birdies and stuff. But how do you eliminate one bad hole from escalating, and how do you reset? And for Mike, it's on par threes, and Pat is just all about feel. So those were, I think, those are some good good base points of, of where you want to start. Like Mike, where where is your like current game at? Like, are there any gaps you're looking at? Any uh, specific areas you want to touch on first before you? When you're at this point, I feel like both people are, both of you need to like, or want to focus on specific spots versus like whole game. Obviously, if you're already at ten handicap, it's not like your whole game is wrong.
0: Yeah, I think I think for me, where I want to start is really just kind of figuring out what what I'm doing with my iron striking. I um, I kind of alluded to a little bit those those heel shank shots, but that it's it's something that's get grown progressively worse and progressively more consistent that it's going to happen over the course of this year and so for me personally i i truly believe that in order to get from that 10 handicap down to a five handicap that it really is actually going to come a lot of that you know drop in handicap is actually going to come from those 100 yards in right so what do i do around the greens you know how do i minimize the putts i take things like that um you know how do i make the most out of lag putting all that type of stuff so i think that's ultimately where like I will be focusing most of my time on in order to actually achieve my goal. But I think in the short term, like I feel like, you know, it's a boat that has this really big hole in the bottom and it's like, okay, before we can really address like getting to our destination, you know, pointing the boat in the right direction, all that stuff. We got to actually plug this hole for me. It's that iron striking, you know, can I get that figured out? And then from there starts talking about, okay, now how do I start attacking with those kind of scoring clubs in my hand? You know, with the wedges and the the putter, things like that. I think for me, like s- some strengths that I have, like I think that I drive the ball pretty well, both in terms of like accuracy and distance. I don't think I'm the long like I'm not the longest hitter necessarily in in the group,, uh, but I'm definitely up there within our group. And I think like, you know for for the ha- for my handicap level, you know, drive the ball pretty well. Um, I think something that I do excel within the group is my driving accuracy. Um, I think that's definitely something that, that, like, when we play a scramble, that's something that I bring to the table. So, pretty happy with that. Like, obviously, I think there's you know things I can improve as far as like consistently shaping the ball the right way, things like that. And I think over time, that's that might become a focus if other areas start to improve. But right now, doesn't you know, not really a focus. And then inside of, I know I said inside of a hundred, but like some pitch shots around the green in that like 10 to 20 yard range around the green, I think I do pretty well in. I think once I start getting outside of that 20-yard range, things seem to get a little questionable. I think that all is kind of related to the iron striking issues, but I think those close pitch shots I do pretty well, you know, hold my own. And then obviously the ball strike we talked about, um, I think the last thing for me is, is just my lag putting. I think I, you know, decently famous within our group for my nickname, which is uh, three-putt Mike. Obviously didn't get that name by accident. That was with You know, consistent three putts. uh, You know, over the course of many rounds of golf and many years of playing with everybody. So that's something I'm gonna also try to focus on is that lag putting and you know putting myself in position where I have you know inside six feet for my second shot almost every time to give myself a chance to eliminate those three putts. Um, So I'd say that's kind of currently where my game is, and then where I kind of think my strengths and weaknesses are. You know, I think it's always fun to kind of hear what you guys think. So what do you guys think about? My strengths or weaknesses or things you see for me on the course and you know, see if kind of my reality aligns with what you guys are seeing.
1: Uh you go first because you've been playing more golf with Mike ever since I moved. So I wanna hear wanna hear your thoughts of of how that compares with what Mike said.
2: Yeah, I mean I think I agree with what he has said. I think Mike does really well with woods in his hand. He has a way to handle the shaft with his ball striking ability. Um I think I'm not gonna <laughs> identify that. Uh, but I think yeah, like he said, weakness-wise, I think putting iron striking is definitely something that he's been working on. I know when he scores well, his drives are very consistent. When he's not playing well, it's his iron striking, and I think that's—I mean—I think a huge emphasis on practicing. That has been kind of illustrated by Chase, our instructor, and then kind of like all the drills that he's working on. So I think that. It's definitely his biggest weakness.
1: Yeah, I would um, would probably say that the last couple times I've played with Mike. I think part of the iron striking is mental. I think sometimes, I mean, for as long as I've played with Mike, sometimes when things start to go bad, I think mentally Mike gets very quiet. He stops talking to people, and I think he gets in his own head and almost makes – that, the ball striking worse because he's almost thinking too much. But obviously that's going to – I think that'll get better with working with Chase and being like, okay, how can I eliminate the thinking and get back to like – because that's part of the feel if you're not feeling the shot. Like it's going to lead to lead to bad outcomes. I think Mike, not that he has to spend money, but I think he he, he could benefit from a driver update because I think his drivers – Probably ten years old now.
0: My, At least,
1: the I mean, you've had that since since we've been in high school. Probably, maybe like college, but probably close to where like his distance is right is pretty much right on with everybody else. But honestly, his driver swing is probably the best looking one out of the group, and I think he generates more power than everyone else with least amount of effort. So I think he could get some more distance, but obviously. A lot of the times more distance means less accuracy. And Mike is definitely the best, most accurate driver. Your goals of getting the shots that are t- 20, 30 yards to 100, getting those a little bit more dialed in, making sure you're hitting the green on those, would also decrease your three putts. Because, I mean, sometimes I think, especially for me, but I, I've noticed with you, like, you're pretty good out of the bunker. Pretty good within 20 yards, like you said. You're chipping and stuff, and you get close enough to the to the hole where you don't three putt. But I think some of the other ones, like there, it's probably just being in between on clubs, or you have to take a 58 or 60 degree and not swing full, so then you get a little too much of the ground, etc. And now you've put yourself farther away from the flag, which is going to lead to more three putts. So I think a lot of your goals definitely align with with what I've seen at least.
0: Right. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the mental because that's that's definitely something I didn't I didn't really put it on my list, but I know that is something that like for me, like I'm going to have to work on is how do I get, you know, how do I get kind of out of my own head and kind of stay more, I guess, present. Like one of the things that was interesting that I heard, um, you know, they were talking about on kind of like a golf psychology standpoint is that you really should only be focusing on the shot that you're about to hit for like the immediate time frame that you're about to hit the shot. And I think, like, for me, I usually get way ahead of myself. Like, we just did a scramble this this past week, and I think I was, like, dreading this shot that I had to hit that was, like, four holes ahead of me. I, and I knew it was coming up, and, you know, I was talking about it for four or five holes before, knowing that I was had to hit this shot, and, you know, was, it was going to come down to me hitting it well in order for us to score well in that hole. So, you know, that's something for me, like, staying kind of more present and not getting ahead of myself and not getting too in my own head and start, start playing the golf, you know, start playing the round of golf mentally instead of just kind of being in that moment and then, you know, committing to the shots as I get to them. So then I guess, uh, Pat, do you want to kind of run through kind of where your game's at and then some, some of your strengths and weaknesses? And then we'll, we'll kind of fact check you, see, see where you are with that as well. Kind of like previously mentioned that I don't have
2: a good foundation. Um, so I think that's probably. One of my weaknesses right now, I think I go on a course not knowing what's right sometimes. But um, weaknesses, definitely. I guess I should start with strengths. So I think with strengths, uh, I think iron striking, I'm typically, if I'm on, I feel like I do well on. I feel like I'm not great at anything, but uh, like I, there are, I think iron striking is what I would, if I score well, it's because I'm hitting a lot of greens in regulation. I think I have, because of baseball, relatively higher swing speed or what helps me generate swing speed. I guess one of my strengths is that since I'm new to golf, I get to buy stuff and have a, I have a little bit spinning money. But that is also one of my weaknesses. So I just don't trust anything, and I think it's equipment at times. So more weaknesses, I think just driving accuracy. Um, I swing hard, sometimes too hard. Putting. So I think I compete. Um, I might take Mike's title three-put Pat or three-put Mike. So, yeah, I know I'm very stubborn, so I like to use my lob wedge around the green. And if it's not going well, it's going to stay not going well because I am too
0: stubborn to change. That's pretty much, I think, for me, my strengths and weaknesses. I'm glad you mentioned all the new clubs you got because it's, it's getting almost ridiculous sometimes where – on a weekly basis, we have to wonder if you're going to have a new club next time we see you or not.
2: Yeah. It's the bad thing about your company giving you a sporting allowance. You just get to experiment with stuff.
0: Yeah. And I think like, so to kind of play off what I think about your strengths and weaknesses, kind of what you said. So I guess to start with strengths, when you're hitting like full wedge shots, I think you're probably one of the best in the group at that. You know, you hit it pretty high. You hit it with pretty good contact almost, you know, more often than not. It's got a lot of action when it hits the greens and stuff. Obviously, I think your wedge shots good. Uh, I think overall distance is good. Like I think typically when you're hitting the ball well off the driver, you're probably the longest hitter off the drive or you know off the tee. And then with the irons, your club in front of most of us, and then two clubs in front of some people. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. Uh, so I think that, like you said, I think you said swing speed for that. And I think that is kind of all encompassing across all your clubs. You know, good swing speed. For weakness, yeah, I think obviously putting for me is kind of the big thing that stands out. I, I dig a new putter. That's true. Gearhead gear Pat came through with a new putter to solve that. So, yeah, I think the putting um, is something you're going to work on and need to work on. And then the stubbornness, like I'm probably the biggest person that will try to try to talk you out of hitting that 60-degree all the time. Uh, I think there's, there's other shots that you need to get comfortable with hitting around greens and stuff that will – Make scoring a little bit easier for you, um, and I think, but I think you're going to learn that, you know, as we go through this. You know, I think maybe by the end of it, you might be hitting a different club more frequently. We'll see.
1: Probably not. Uh, okay. Yeah, probably not.
0: It'll at least a new branded
1: <laughs> club. We know that. Yeah, I think y'all were spot on. I mean, from the past trip, I think. Well, at least on the past trip, I don't think Pat was comfortable hitting woods because he was hitting little like baby drives. But I think his game your game could benefit from being more solid with a three wood because you do hit it so far off the tee, but then also sometimes off the tee, it's in the woods. And I think you could hit a three wood to put yourself in position and and eliminate some of those unnecessary strokes. And I mean, yeah, the the flop shot only from like 10 yards in is, but I agree with Mike, your full wedges are definitely the best in the group. I mean, that's how you came back in our previous golf trip on the last 12 holes was just sticking like 80-yard, 60 degrees to like four feet. Yeah, I mean, and then sometimes I think you just try to swing too hard. Way, way, way too hard. Yeah, like... I think you try to max. I think you try to max out. You try to go for the max club distance every shot, versus like sometimes your clubs are just going to go farther because you hit it in the exact right spot and like the exact acceleration point of your club head, versus like swinging for the average of your clubs. And I think sometimes that can get you in trouble. And those usually like compound on one hole. You don't really carry stuff forward from when we've played at least that I can remember, like, you don't carry a bad hole to the next. Um, but sometimes the bad holes can be bad.
0: Like, I think we've kind of alluded to a little bit already throughout this episode, but, so Pat and I are actually going and getting lessons. I think, is this the first time you've gotten lessons, Pat?
2: Like, so I've gotten like spot lessons, but nothing like continuous. So this, I've gotten like maybe, I took two lessons, and then and like, what, early spring? And then one summer. And then this would be my second with Chase. And I guess our second with Chase.
0: We kind of are going to be going through this process of kind of getting help and kind of seeing how that changes things for us. And um, there's a lot of areas, obviously, where we might be focusing on over this stretch and this experience doing this podcast and recording. What we're planning on doing here with this is trying to have kind of monthly tag ups kind of a quick review of where we are in the process and where we are kind of in our goal. So as part of that, we, in our next episode, we're going to lay out some of our, you know, practice plans, some of our initial things that we're working on with, with our, um, with our golf instructor, um, and also some intermediate goals that we're going to be working to track over the course of this series. That's going to help try to provide us like some supplemental information to see if we're on track. I mean, obviously we'll have our handicap and we'll know whether it's going up or down, but there's other, there's other data that plays into that besides just that pure handicap number.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing about the lessons and, and maybe I can go to the range here. And uh, as Virginia, we got heated ranges. Now they're all underneath and you got heaters above you. It actually gets pretty hot, but um, maybe I can, still work on my game this winter you yeah,
0: know we're definitely going to be tagging up and seeing where where everybody's at because everybody has things they want to work on and things they're trying to get better at and you yeah, hopefully this will just be kind of this push that gets us all going on this lower trajectory with these handicaps it's been good talking to you guys uh, and we will see you next
1: time